Blog Talk Radio. What if you were wearing something sexy? What if you were drinking? What if you made the first move? No matter what, sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN, reminding you it's never your fault. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com. You can also um, email me, um, Saturdays with Joy Keys at Hotmail.com, like I said, and you can send comments, suggestions. Um, guests you would like to see, anything, you know, that comes to your mind, let me know. Um, I do check the emails. Um, I get a lot of emails, so don't feel like I didn't respond to you right away. It's personal. It's just that I get a lot of emails. Sometimes a lot of John things go to the junk folder. But, you know, feel free to contact me. Definitely follow. I'm going to be giving away some copies of this book that we're, I'm going to talk about in a minute, that of winter. But I also have other things, you know, CDs. And now that we're getting out there, maybe something to a restaurant, you never know, so just follow. So I have a great writer. I think he's on the line from, uh, right now. Hold on a second. Let's see. Good morning. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Oh, great, great. Good to be with you. So thank you so much for calling in. I just want to let me ask, is it Stephen or Stefan? It's Steve. Just Steve, okay. Steve. Just call you Steve. He's so humble. You hear this? Just call him Steve. He's written three books. He's gotten a whole bunch of awards. He's a recipient of the prestigious Hammett Prize, Nero Award, and the Kresge Arts and Detroit Literary Fellowship. Steve. Okay. All right. Steve. Well, you know, here's, yeah, here's the thing. Um, I have three grown kids, and I've been married for a long time, so I I have no ego left. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Three kids will none. It, they... It's gone. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, well. Congratulations that they are grown and that they're uh, healthy. I, I hope. And um, yes. you probably have done you know some good jobs and some bad, as most parents do. We do we do some good, we do some bad, and and hopefully you know. It'll even out, and, and, and right. they'll, they'll be fine. Right. <laughs> I it's, have a daughter. Don't worry. Point every day. Mhm, mhm. And when they get older, they get these weird attitudes, don't they? Like, I don't need your help. What are you talking about? You don't know anything, and you just sit there and let them fall on their face, and then they come. You know, I I did I did try that thing you you told me about. <laughs> 
Well, exactly, exactly. They start to look back and say, wow, you're not the dinosaur I thought you were. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's a good day. <laughs> well, let's talk about your book, Dead of Winter, because uh, he's actually kind of a father figure. He has a young lady that he keeps an eye on. He's watching out for people. Um, you know, he has a good heart as well as his, um, wow, killer assassin instincts. Um, <laughs> you have, he, he, this is the third book. You, you have two others in the series. Did you plan yeah. on writing three books? Was that a plan or did it just, your, your publisher was like, wow, well, this is really great. Can you write another one? Well, I'll tell you, uh, quite honestly, I was uh, thrilled to have one book published. Um, I was in advertising, marketing, communications for a little over 30 years. And it had Mm -hmm. always been a dream to have um, my writing published. And and my publisher, Soho, um, bought the first book, uh, August Snow. Uh, I was thrilled. You know, I I could just... I felt like I could sit back for a while now. But uh, the other stories uh, kept coming to me. Uh, the second one, Lives Laid Away, and now Dead of Winter. So uh, it's it's been a blessing. It's really been a blessing. Well, it's been a blessing to your readers. They really, really enjoy your books. As a matter of fact, oh, I read you. somewhere that, that you got a accosted in front of your house by by a group of women. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Go ahead, tell us about the women. <laughs> in the first I said that book, in a certain way. Um, don't don't say that a certain way, audience. That that's not don't 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 let your mind wander. Go ahead. Go ahead. Steve. No, we're we're good <laughs> folks here, folks. Um, yes. <laughs> so in the first book, um, I just wrote it for my own entertainment, um, my own edification. So um, I felt rather free in uh, writing about things that I knew, um, areas that I knew. And I left a couple of hints, unfortunately, about my neighborhood. And these ladies, they were recently retired from, I believe, UPS or FedEx. They hadn't been together for a while, so they got together and just to celebrate each other, and they had read the book. So they mm-hmm. decided to take the um, August Snow tour of Detroit. And... Uh, when they ended up here, it was kind of a bad morning for me because um, I was I was just angry at how much hair was coming out of my nose and ears. So, well, you know, okay. the older the older us guys get, the more we need to, you know, not necessarily right. manscape, but anyway, groom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I told. My wife, you know, this stuff is getting out of control. I'm going to CVS. So I went to CVS and I got um, nose hair clippers and all of that stuff. Trust me, the story ties in. I came back home 
and there was uh, a car parked out in front of our house. And um, as soon as I got out of the car, there was a lady at the back of the car holding the book. And okay. uh, she said, it's, she said, she pointed to me and said, it's you. It's really you. And I, you know, I've I've never had celebrity status. I was thinking, well, maybe it's somebody from the neighborhood, uh, from you know our kids' school. And while I'm thinking this, she's waving her friends up from the car, and they all had a copy of August Snow. Wow! So I invited mm. I invited them in. And I was signing Wait, 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 wait. You invited my... them in. See, this is, I, I know well, this part, but I, I just want to emphasize, he invited them into his house, okay? Go ahead. Go ahead with yeah. the story. Yeah, <laughs> I invited them into the house where I live with my wife. Mm-hmm. And she came downstairs, and she had this great smile on her face, but I knew that smile. That smile was, <laughs> what the heck is going on here? So that was that was the story I signed at Brooks, and we had a nice chat, and uh, and they left, and that was my um, one Beatles moment. <laughs> Your one Beatles moment. I'm sure you've had other interesting fans. Now you're at your third book. Um, I, I can't imagine that, that being the only, maybe that's the craziest one. And I'm sure you'll have some more in the future because <laughs> even with this, even with this book, I see things going. Um, let's talk about this book and, and the beginning of the book. So I understood you were um, reading and talking with your son, but he wanted to read on his own. And that's, that was the catalyst for you. Like, let me write this book. What's it, what was the catalyst right. for writing the book? Well, the catalyst for writing the book was the fact that I missed uh, reading books uh, with my kids. Um, that was that was always important to me. And, uh, you know, there comes that time when your kids say, hey, you know, I can read this on my own. I don't need you to make up the voices of the characters, Dad. And, um, you know, that was, that was a hard moment for me, but it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine, okay. Oh. Um, so I decided uh, a couple years later to uh, start telling myself a story, and that's how um, August Snow um, came into being, telling myself a story. Before you know it, I had uh, over 300 pages of uh, manuscript. Wow. Let's just mention that you worked in advertising, so I guess you're comfortable with writing, but were you, had you written other stories like before this? Um, I know you've written some plays. Where, what was the yeah. first story you remember writing when you were younger? What was the first one? Oh, Boy, I I can't even remember, but uh, I I do remember some of the books that I read when I was a kid, and Mm -hmm. uh, one was a series called uh, Mike Mars Astronaut, and I loved that. Uh, It was it was outer space, and 
you know, all the problems and challenges were out of in outer space. And, you know, even at a young age, I started thinking, wow, I, I love storytelling. Uh, I love the way this writer or that writer um, takes me away from the everyday, uh, the mm-hmm. everyday challenges and concerns and, you know, even triumphs and failures. So that's that's what I wanted to do. Um, just well, I'm glad. I, I want to mention you're African-American. For people who are just listening and may not be able to see a picture of you, um, you're yes. African-American male, your father, and you read to your children. And I want to emphasize that it's so important. And to just dispel myths, you know, I come from a family where uh, my African-American father read to me and, and, and my sub-sister, um, he, he read books to me. And, and that developed my yeah. love of books. Um, and my parents used to take me to the library. I can remember the smell even now of the library. I read that your oh, father man, yes. used to take you to the library. So this is a generational thing. Talk about the impact of your father taking you to the library and what that meant to you. Well, um, my father quit school in the ninth grade so that he could go to work to provide for provide extra money for his mother and father, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though he quit school, um, he always read um, everything from Shakespeare to uh, Studs Terkel, James Baldwin, um, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he always emphasized to my brother and I uh, the value of reading. Reading was mm. to him the key to understanding who we were and where we came from and mm-hmm. what we would face, um, subtle or or not so subtle. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in the American society. So um, both my mother and father emphasized books. And um, I remember I was five or six when my dad, coming off of a 10-hour um, shift at Oldsmobile, took me by the collar, drove me down to the public library, stood me in front of the counter and said, well, tell the nice lady why you're here, son. And I told mm-hmm. her I'm here to give my life. And yeah. that was important to him. That was important to him. And, you know, years, decades later, uh, I was asked to um, give a talk at the library that I had grown up in. And it was a very emotional moment for me because just before uh, my talk, um, I went looking for my book in the library, Mm. and there it was. Mm. And I could feel uh, my father's presence and having him Mm. say, good job, boy. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's I, really I, a great. Uh, it's really great to hear. I just really wanted the audience to know that this um, there's myths out there about African American families and about yes. reading and, and African American people, and they're not all true. So I just wanted to dispel some myths and the importance of the generational issue, the the generational impact. You know that it, you are passing it down to your kids. You were passed down, and and that it probably be keep going. You know, like for me, yeah. I used to read to my daughter as well. Um, she has a great love of books, and when people come to my house, they see so many books. But that's how I grew up, and it's weird. I go to other right. people's houses, exactly. and I'm like, they have no books in their house, and like to me, it's right. kind of weird. Right. Like. I mean, where are the books? Like, they might have magazines and CDs or something like that. Well, now people don't see CDs and albums, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so the, I just showing my age a little bit here. but um. <laughs> There's, There was uh, – and that myth persisted in, uh, to some extent, the publishing world um, that black people didn't read. Or whenever there was a black writer, that it was marketed towards black readers. And uh, mm-hmm. what this book has shown me is um, they, the publishers had been leaving money on the table uh, by not expanding to um, people of color. Yes, um, yes. I'm... It's it's extraordinary. My first book is uh, now in uh, German, um, mm-hmm. and there are other writers. Uh, S. A. Cosby, whose books are being um, published in German, French, uh, Portuguese, the same yeah. with um, John Vircher. Uh, Rachel Hall, Walter Mosley. Um, so uh, people finally found that there are other sides, other interesting stories to read, uh, other adventures and ways of learning. Yeah, I think it's so important because the stories may have African American, like your your character um, is is mixed um, Mexican and African American, um, but the stories are still universal in some cases. People are still going yeah. through these things all the way in Poland or in Japan or whatever. They can still um, connect with the story and what the character is going through and the you know sub characters right. are maybe going through. So I think the, that the right, emotional right. universality, right, right, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And talking about overseas, I read somewhere you belong to the Newport and Gwent Literary Club. You want to talk about that, young man? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I am a proud member of uh, the Newport and Gwent um, Book Club, which is. Uh, said to be the oldest book club in Great Britain, uh, founded in Wales. Um, And uh, they had read um, my first two books, 
and the, the book club is comprised of wow it's it's comprised of uh you know um barons and baronesses and and um retired military uh, you know and everyday good people in Wales that just love reading mm. so um yeah, I, I'm a proud member of uh, that book club. And it only makes <laughs> sense because, you know, there, um, Wales was where um, Paul Robeson was politicized. I was, yes, so, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, yes, I very love interesting. Wales. I love <laughs> Have Wales. you actually been there? The have, you, there. have you physically gone there? I have, I have not. But uh, I've been shown enough love uh, from Wales that I would love to. Yeah, it just seems when I was reading about Paul Robeson, I remember that. And I was so like, what the heck? They even had different festivals. And it's amazing the impact that one person can have. And you're in this location, and that's all the way across the pond, if you will, and having such a great impact. And now with the Internet, I think really has opened so many windows and doors to people. You as a writer, how has the internet helped or hindered you in, in, in getting your word out? There's a story in that yeah, laugh. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough question to answer because I'm, I'm from an age of um, – rotary dial phones okay mm-hmm. uh, and uh, four digit phone numbers mm. uh, so yeah yeah um i am that old so dealing with uh, social media and 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 the internet that's all well and good um and and i understand how writers in this day and age have to be a part of that um, with their own websites and et cetera and so forth to pitch in with the marketing of their work. Um, Mm. But still, you know, I'm at, I'm at an age where, you know, I'm, I'm the old guy standing on my porch going, get off my lawn. You know, those those guys those guys don't know how to use the internet. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but you can get an assistant. You know that, right, Steve? You can get a little college assistant who will bring you coffee and, and set up your Instagram page for you. So so we we'll hook you up. I'm a, I'm gonna try to find you assistant somewhere and and and, and, and <laughs> And you know well, what? They, I'll, be I'll tell you. they don't even have to be in the same town. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, in all honesty, my wife and son have been wonderful helping me uh, through the age of the Internet. So, uh, you know, whenever I complain about it, um, there's help nearby. Um, you know, that's funny. I read that, that your, wife, your wife reads your books. I think that's good that you guys are able to, um, you know, I guess critique each other. 
is is that because um, a lot of people, you know, they kind of keep those, they would keep that kind of separate because maybe their feelings might get hurt. How how have you guys managed right. that? Um, her being able to read and review your stuff, and and then keep a good, uh, you know, positive relationship, I guess. Very uneasily, um, primarily <laughs> okay. because primarily because um, she is um, quite critical. And 96.5% of the time, she's right. So when I I finish something, that is one of the most, and and let her read it, that's one of the hardest times of my life. Um, I will will just, I'll hand her the manuscript, she'll read it, you know, on my laptop or whatever. Okay. And I'll I'll watch uh, whatever's on Netflix or whatever Hulu, just to keep myself calm, because mm. I know that there is a giant red pin upstairs. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why don't you just tell the audience? Some of the people may not be familiar with the series. What this Dead of Winter book is about, and in just a little bit, um, give oh, a little right. snippet. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, Dead of Winter is the third book uh, in my August Snow series, and August Snow is a former Marine, um, former uh, Detroit policeman, um, and um, he's half African American half Mexican-American, or as he's sometimes referred to in the book, a black Mexican. And um, and, um, he is, he just, he lost his job. He was fired from his job as um, detective lieutenant in Detroit. And uh, for his part in investigating the then mayor uh, for malfeasance. Um, So he was fired. He sued the city and he won a $12 million settlement. And that that is a lot of money, but still at what cost um, of losing the things that you love. Um. Yeah, he's got a so, lot of loss in his life, um, but he he has a lot of yes. people that care about him, but he pushes them away. I, I love the character, Lucy, and actually I love the old lieutenant that was giving him a hard time. He was like, if I find anything you connected, I'm taking, like, he, I'm going to grind you like a hamburger type of thing. <laughs> Some of the lines are just crazy in, in, in the book. I can't even, like, repeat all of them because I don't remember, but they're so funny, like, when you read them. Uh, what was that? Callan, uh, De- Detective Callan, is, is the guy who's always giving him a hard time. No, uh, that's. Um, oh gosh, I I love to remember my own characters. <laughs> um, when he came on the scene, yes, and well, the guy was coming out the the water the water refinery place, and and he was like, um, "Why does he have your name right. on this car and everything?" Right. Um, that was Detective, gosh, 
Why am I drawing? Don't worry about it. That's okay. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You also have some uh, other, he has love in his life. Um, he, He has a girlfriend and she's interesting. You know what I find interesting? You have a lot of characters who are mixed ethnicity in this book. Um, the Asian um, shady guy, he's he's mixed ethnicity. Then his uh, girlfriend is uh, Somalian and German. Um, was that purposeful? Did you you want to kind of have this you know uh, salad bowl of uh, characters like that um, to to give a different nuance, or you know it just came out as yeah. you're writing? Well, the the short answer is yes. I wanted that. Because for the longest time, characters um, in books, novels, were either uh, black or white. They were mm. um, they were red or yellow. Yeah. And no one, well, very few people are one thing. Um, there's been a, a lot of cross-pollination in the, you know, 800,000 years of human history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and August is half Mexican-American, half African-American, uh, which, again, may sound unique, but it was only five years ago that the Mexican government actually uh, recognized black Mexicans mm. um, while the slaves in the United States were heading north and west there were a whole bunch of slaves from um, South America that were escaping and making their way uh, through Central America and then Mexico, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's that's we like our history sanitized and simple, and it's I guess not. that's that's the reason why exactly exactly. Yeah, I think it's great because just like the issue of black writers not always having to write about black issues. Um, because the world is more nuanced than that, you know. Um, yes. And it, like you, like you said, um, it usually was in the past. It was, you know, black, white, yellow, red. Um, I think that's the fear of the white man or the white people that are getting so upset these days. They um, maybe aren't comfortable with this mixing, if you will. But it, that's always been going on. Just people didn't want to talk about exactly. it, but now you're talking about it, exactly. you know, in your book, you know. So I, I think that's great. One of the other things you're talking about, we're getting close to time here. Food. This guy, he's just like Mr. Twelve Governor. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, I can throw down in the kitchen, um, guy. Um, in the midst of you know robbers, uh, assassins, um, you know all kinds of drama with old ladies that live next to him. Um, right, and let me just right. cook up some food, and that'll solve everything. Where did that come from? Did you come from a family that cooked? Did your father cook? Uh, can you cook? Where did that, that little storyline of the cooking come from? You know, I'm, I'm okay in the kitchen every once in a while. 
But mm-hmm. for me, um, food is, it's an expression of one's um, culture. I mean, you okay. can talk yeah. about a culture through uh, their literature, their poetry, um, their art. Um, but we know that your culture also is inclusive of food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mexican food is is going to taste different and have a different history than Indian food. Um, but each tells its own cultural story. And I think that's yeah. what uh, August explores when he's uh, when he's cooking. Um, he's yeah. very comfortable with his heritage. Um, he, he feels that he has the best of both worlds, um, African-American and Mexican-American. Uh, and the best includes food. Yeah. No, he talks also about, like, I think there was a point where he's like, oh, my dad made chili, but he put the pinto beans and this and that. And then his friend Jimmy is like, what? You know, I uh, think Jimmy or Tomas was, was like, what? Like, get out of here. No way, you know. Um, and, and then his German, uh, his Somalian girlfriend, she can cook, and she brought uh, Tomas some stuff uh in the hospital, at first he was like, right. I don't want to eat this stuff. This stuff right. is That's soup, you know, get out of here. The Somalian <laughs> stew. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, he ate two bowls of it. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, it's, it's, is, it's also, food is about discovering other cultures, um, mm-hmm. other, other wonders in the world. Yes, definitely. There, there's so much out there. Um, I'm not eating bugs yet, but I hear that's a big thing in certain restaurants. <laughs> They're doing bugs. No, that ain't going to happen. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not with the bugs. What's your favorite dish or meal? No, it, what, what's your favorite if dish? If somebody offers me a cicada salad, I'm gone. I'm out. Look, it's protein, um, dude. It's protein, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. You can have my share. <laughs> What is what, what what's are your, some of what's your my good, favorites? What, yes. Yes, what's some of your favorites? That is an impossible question to answer. Um, um Mexican, Polish, uh mm. Southern, um Vietnamese, um a variety. Know, a, ver- a wide variety, yes. Okay, yeah, um, yes. So are you eating borscht? Probably Because, easy. you know... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I draw a line at, at borscht. I, I can't have borscht. Um, yeah, because that's I, I was in Poland, like, uh, and I couldn't do that either. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, for the longest time, my father was raised in a um, Polish neighborhood, and for the longest time, wow, he okay, sold, um, kishka, kielbasa, guamki. Um, that was his idea of soul, soul food for the longest time. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, amazing. Um, well, we're going to come to the end, but I got to ask you about Godzilla. 
Oh, How's your God? God I gotta ask you about Godzilla. Oh yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't. Uh, at least for me, you can't be a writer without a sense of playfulness. And uh, I have a little Godzilla toy that I keep nearby uh, when I'm writing. I love the Godzilla movies. Um, mm. uh, we used to watch them when I was young. Uh, watched them with my son. Um, I think we've covered the ground. Not the new modern Godzilla. Um, okay. They messed. They messed that up. Uh, but no, we could we could do another half hour on Godzilla. <laughs> well, you have to come back on when you write your next book, and we can tell them more about Godzilla and and your cushy job with a hut chair. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I really appreciate you coming on this morning. I'm going to be giving away some copies of your book, so um, I want to encourage people to follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Check me out on Facebook Saturday mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram. And uh, you are on Twitter. So people can check you out on Twitter. Tell them your um, name yes, on Twitter because it's not your, your name. It's something else. Yeah, I thought I had to have a confusing code instead of my name. So they can check me out on Twitter at VerigateNun991, uh, V-E-R-I-G-A-T-E-N-U-N-991. I need yes, to that's change a little that, complex. I? I, I need to change. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I'll I'll, t- I'll tweet about it. I'll, I'll put it in one of my um, tweets and, and Instagram there as of what it is. Um, but I'm so happy that you came on. I really enjoyed reading the book. I'm going to have to read oh, the other two. I didn't have a chance it's... to read the, the first two. Um, but thank you for coming on this morning. Joy, it's been wonderful, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was worth it. Have a great weekend, okay? And you too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with author Stephen Mac Jones. I think you couldn't hear me there for a second. I just got off the phone with Stephen Mac Jones. I'm going to be giving away a copy of his book, Dead of Winter. Please, again, follow on uh, at Joy Keys on Twitter. Twitter, check me out on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram. And I'm not even going to try to say the name that Steven, Steve has on Twitter. I'm going to just type it out in one of my social media so you can see the spelling because I don't want to get it wrong. And then you can follow him on Twitter. He is um, kind of uh, growing into the social media. So, uh, <laughs> But he has a website you can go to. You can check his website out. Um, that is his name, Stephen S. T-E-P-H-E-N-M-A-C-K Jones, Stephen Mac Jones, and .com, and you can check out the information about all his books, where to buy them, about the author, because, again, he does more than just write books. He does poetry. He's a playwright. Um, so there's so much more to him than just this series. You can check it out there. You guys have a great weekend. I really appreciate your support and listening to the show. You can check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, uh, iTunes, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. 
Everybody have a wonderful weekend, and I hope to see you next Saturday um, uh, on the show. If you guys ever want to call in, I keep forgot to mention that there's a call-in number, 516-387-1745. It's the same number no matter what the show. So um, if you just happen to tune in one day and you're like, damn, I forgot, what's the, what's the call-in number? It's the same one every weekend, um, that, that number. So don't worry. You can use it anytime. All right. Have a great weekend. Every year, millions of Americans are exposed to a contagious virus. What is this virus? It's stigma. Stigma promotes an environment of shame, fear, and silence, which prevents millions of people from seeking help. But there's good news. The National Alliance on Mental Illness believes stigma towards mental illness is 100% curable. So do yourself and everyone a favor. Go to curestigma.org and get tested for stigma.